Young Donut is a man that I've been trying to get on for the last few weeks. You might know him from his podcast, The Bakery. You might know him from his Melee and recently Undertale streams on twitch.tv slash youngdonut with a zero. And congrats on sub hour, by the way. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It was a big accomplishment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, man, um, we've commentated together at uh, Small 3, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. Um, We've probably commentated before that. I'm just so bad at remembering a lot of that (laughs) stuff. Um, But I'm really happy to have you on. Thanks for for agreeing to join me on this. No, of course, man. Thank you so much. I've been uh, I've been trying to keep more up to date with uh, with a lot of smash related like content, whether it's podcasting, whether it's video producers, whether it's just like various streamers. I follow like a bunch of just random ass Twitch streamers you you might not have even ever heard of that just stream melee every now and again because it's just cool to like you know even a follow means a lot to these guys like starting out and like all this good stuff so even even giving them a little like high five man you know keep doing what you're doing i'm all about it you know i'm just i'm all about that so especially getting onto a podcast with like you and uh you and wasabi you guys have been grinding this for for a while now and uh always down to help out you know always down to talk some shit yeah, so um, one of the main reasons I'm excited to have you on is I feel like we're kind of um, on similar paths in a sense. Um, the main thing that really struck me was when we did commentary, um, you know, no disrespect, we don't know each other too well, you know? That is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, in passing and stuff, met a few times, as people right, right. do when they're in, uh, you know, either in regions or adjacent regions. But um, I do remember very distinctly when we did commentate that one tournament, um, I just kind of had a feeling that I could connect with you easier than mm-hmm. than other people. Um, and so that's what made me excited to kind of, you know, start following you more and start, um, you know, trying to get you on here because I feel like there's a lot that we can kind of discover together on the way to wherever the hell we're going. Right. Um, and it's always interesting that, you know, thinking about the path that we're on with with streaming content creation and specifically, like, you know, trying to grow a brand in Melee. Networking, um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's huge. It's 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 really big. And it's so unique and interesting. So um, I'm trying to come up with ways to kind of to, to get into your mind on this topic. <laughs> but I guess just really open-ended general, you know, starting off point. Um, sure. Why do you play Melee? Why do you make Melee content? Um, and why why are you making the things that you make? So I think yeah, this is definitely one of the 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 like broad questions for for every every melee head, every content creator, all that. Just why they do what they do, why why specifically like what they're in. And for melee, melee to me, it's you know it's one of those things that I can't say like I would be. I would be like some crazy drug addict if it wasn't for Melee. I can't say I would be crying myself to sleep every night if it wasn't for Melee. But I can say I started playing the game my second semester of freshman year college, I believe. My myself. Wow. Same. Sorry. Just same. No kidding, really? <laughs> well, like you a really little high school, but, but like. <laughs> that's that's when it actually like picked that's so weird that's hysterical we really are the same man no you're fun yeah Um, (laughs) i actually i started playing with uh i know you know this guy uh young wild fuego my son oh uh 
I feel like he's getting more and more known the more I talk about him in every every thing I ever do. But I I love this guy. He's one of my, my best friends of all time. Uh, we started playing because we used to skateboard a lot, and then he knew someone, um, TGB, the green bastard. We knew him in college, and he got us coming to smash fests at his place, got us coming to tournaments that he would host at his apartment, and just, you know, you start playing more and more. You have more fun. Dude, I fucking started off as a Jigglypuff player and a Marth player because I thought a big sword was cool, and I thought hitting down B was fucking sick. So, you know, it it just kind of it just grew from there. A lot of, you know, making friends, finding this passion for for a game that, you know, we all have that that childhood memory, that nostalgia that that if you bring up, you can't. Well, you can. There are so few people in the world you can just bring up Smash Bros to. And they go, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Everyone knows some form of Smash, whether it's the Nintendo 64, whether it's the newest one, whether it's Smash Ultimate, whether it's Melee. A lot of people, I feel like, still, when they think nostalgic, they don't even think of 64. They think of Melee. Right. Because it was just the best. It was everyone's favorite. You know, fucking Captain Falcon, four-player free-for-all, Hyrule under the fucking temple. That's, (laughs) That's the spot, man. That's the spot. Like... Oh my god! It was it was just a great time and a great way to get introduced to a competitive scene, especially because I think I had been trying to get more into Counter Strike at that time as well, hmm. uh, CS:GO specifically. Fuck 1.6 and Source. I don't Ooh. got time for those. Hey, <laughs> I didn't man. have time. Yeah, well, literally with CS:GO. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was a good time to get into it. I I think towards towards the end of my senior year of college is when a lot of a lot of personal shit kind of started hitting the fan um oh i kind of forgot to ask are you, are you good with like swearing and stuff i have a sailor's mouth fuck know. yeah bro okay cool <laughs> just wanted to kind of make sure that i definitely have that in my repertoire but no, you're good. Uh, definitely had a lot of personal shit kind of starting to hit the fan just a lot faster uh towards the end of my senior year and just competing and the whole idea of being a competitive Smash player, as I've seen countless friends, countless players rise or fall in, in just such a small span of being within the community, it kind of made me realize I don't think this is where I can be, but there's no way in hell I'm going to leave the scene and there's no way in hell I'm going to stop going to tournaments. And I think that's when I really started trying to take commentary more seriously. I started going to Buffalo buffalo ran tournaments that i would help run stream for as well uh i definitely had a stream started by this point and i would help run the stream i would do commentary where i could um and it just you know it just kept going and going and going and then i think the summer prior to that is when i started my my podcast the bakery with uh with mike hayes and ryan ford being the first two people i ever recorded the interviews with And they were just both very, they were very enthusiastic for me in terms of like, this is good. Start this, you know, go with this. Mm -hmm. And, and at the time, you know, like I'm, I'm not new to the scene, but I still consider myself like a young runner in, like I'm still starting out fresh and I'm having these two guys that are like very well known. You know, I still love Mike Hayes to death. Ryan, I know he's kind of making his way out of the scene, but I still have respect for Ryan, but 
having both these guys telling me like, Hey, what you're doing is really sick. You know, keep it up and keep doing what you're doing. That was like all the inspiration I needed to finish that first season. And from there, it just kind of kept going. I've, I've found a real passion for talking into an expensive microphone for an hour or so. And, uh, now, now we find ourselves here. It's yeah. A lot of fun. Dude. I always, I always try to tell people like just the intrinsic value of speaking about you know anything but but i think uh more specifically about like our experience in melee and what we love about it um just since me and will started there's been such a, a noticeable improvement in how i think about the game how i fit it into my life and mm-hmm. just my overall kind of con- contentment and happiness um <laughs> it sounds kind of kind of far-fetched but realistically like uh, um, I want to hear your 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 thoughts on this, but just the the ability to speak with people that are that understand what it means to play this game and to take it seriously and to contribute to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a unique thing, you know. Um, There's that... no other feeling like it. Connecting yeah. and talking with someone that truly understands and has the same interest you do for the same interest you do. It's 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 amazing. It's yeah, a fantastic feeling. Right, and I've said this before, but like, there's, um, there, it's, it's good to like talk to a, like a loved one or a family member or even like a friend, like a real homie, like day one a one, you know that yeah. ha- that really gets you. But th- if they don't play melee, if they don't go to tournaments, like they can't possibly empathize with mm-hmm. anything, you know. Like if mm-hmm. I get a good win, I can't go to my my kindergartner friend not kindergartner friend friend since kindergarten <laughs> so i got this like all these kindergartners that just squat up follow me around um but you know what i mean like you can't, reminds you can't... me of like wind waker with those little kids with the snot nose that follow you around if you that. <laughs> yeah that's the... dude that's the dream man you got to get those people on your side you know dude, that's they're so that's... tough they're so cool they beat me up yeah for real but um <laughs> if you talk to someone who's outside um even if they want to be like, oh, that's great, you have to contextualize everything. And so I think just the just the ability to like go past all the the explaining and setting up of why things are important, um, it just makes it way more fun to actually like get into the weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you think is like one of the more you know what have you gotten as a takeaway from starting uh, the bakery and and kind of making all those episodes and and doing what you're doing there? So I guess one of the biggest things I've gotten as a takeaway would probably be organization and management. A lot of what I've had to do within the, God, it's been three seasons. Within three seasons of running it, I think I'm at almost 40 episodes, maybe maybe 35. I don't even know because there's so many that, well, not so many, but we've had to scrap some due to, due to issues. I won't Same. go further than that, but we yep. we definitely have... Well, at least I, I don't know why I say we, I've definitely had a lot of, of spots where it's, you know, contacting or it's researching or it's editing. That is all things that I'll be, I'll be straightforward. I'm not getting paid. Like I don't get paid to do what I'm doing. And if that's the case, finding these these time frames and these little areas to be able to get these things done is a lot of time management and a lot of organizing. And I think the more that I've done it and the more that I've gotten used to, 
you know, like my own format, you know, like who and what is the topic of discussion and how I want to kind of branch this into this and then segue into this. And even half the time, the shit's getting distorted anyway, you know, like the lines are never perfectly straight. There's some, there's some dense, there's some, there's some, oh, but what if you mentioned this? I want to touch on that. I want to talk about that. Let's, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost gotten to the point where it it's funny. I can go back and look at like my season one rundowns because i think i still have them all saved somewhere i can go back and look at those rundowns those things are like fucking essays compared to what i write now i write bullet points about things that i know and specific things i want to talk about and then i put it on like my second monitor and i barely look at it i'll i'll take a look say oh did we touch on that maybe i don't know let's let's talk about it you know, because things just they start to flow a lot more better. You also, at least in in my experience with this, and it's it might just be a personal thing. I don't know how how others feel about it. But when you get like stage fright almost mm-hmm. just because some of these people I talk to, it's like I, I see them play on these streams and I see these guys going going crazy. You know, they're amazing players. I think so highly of a lot of Smash players that when I get that response message of, yeah, I'd be down to come on your show. The heart rate just, you know, that shit, that shit just spiked up. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be interviewing this guy. My my Samox interview was still probably the most nervous I ever was, and he he's not even a competitive player, but he's a huge reason as to why I got into the game. So right. being able to talk to these people and and all that, his has definitely been something that's helped a lot with organization management and. Just overall confidence, I think. I think that's the right word for it. It's not even stage French. Just confidence in what I'm going to be doing and how I'm going to go about it. Word. Like, do you feel like you've had specific moments you could point to or, or certain episodes that you would consider a milestone or, or any, any, anything you could point at and be like, okay, this was a hurdle I jumped over. Like, this was a time where I can really, like, segue properly. Like, uh, maybe I'm getting too specific, but... Um, can you remember any stories like that where you, you feel like you like really nailed it? Like what was the first episode you had where you're like, that was the fucking best, you know, I'm trying to actually, so I had to make a portfolio for college and I'm trying to see if I can find it because I think uh, I can't find, what is the name of the website? Uh, I don't know what it is. I deleted that shit. It was so cringy, but <laughs> oh my God, let me see if I can, because if I can just load up the playlist of all my episodes, I'd probably be better at pointing out what is what and what is better. Uh, just give me one second here. No rush, by the way, this is, uh, this is editable. Oh yeah, for sure. I kind of figured. Yeah. At that point, I was no, like, easy, easy, easy. Yeah. Let's see here. This is season two. This is season three. Okay. Okay. And this is season three. Okay. And they didn't even put all the episodes in here. I, oh my god, dude, I hate. Oh, I hate Kyoto so much. Okay, um, let's see here. Ooh, would this be? No, not that one. What would be one of the biggest hurdles for one of my episodes? Um, 
You know what it was? You know what it actually was? The biggest hurdle for me, and this goes back to what I was talking about with the whole confidence thing. I think the biggest thing was interviewing Prague. Prague was someone that I I knew ahead of time, like going into the interview. This is someone that is so well versed in probably everything they're about to say to me. Like this man knows how to formulate his sentences and make things sound just so good and i yes. might still be fanboying over that but when i talked to prague about melee and i talked to him about his feelings about the community and everything that he'd done in his time it it was so almost like relaxing you know like there was a huge huge weight that i felt was on my shoulders to not turn this into a laughing stock or like make this you know the the cringy type of you know fanboying over over a person to interview right. and i think i did well with it and i think it, i think it flowed well and i think he had a lot of fantastic moments that might have been i'm trying to let me see how long it wasn't at the time i'm not going to lie it felt like the longest interview to date it felt like it was the longest one because of just how much i felt like i learned about him how much i i felt comfortable talking with him and then i go back and i look at my interview with animal ibdw and ryobi and that shit was almost two hours so (laughs) so then i'm like wow that was that was insane right but but yeah i think i think that was the biggest one for me and it, it really helped with every episode from then on you know like i had i had on like swedish a few episodes later and that was a little nerve wracking same with rishi you know, just people that I know are a little higher up and that I, I don't want to make a bad interview of and I never want to, like, embarrass. Because I had friends on, too. Like, I always I always tried to get some of my friends on. I had uh, my friend, the skilled Roy, a.k.a. Connor. Uh, he came on. He's like a te- he doesn't use tech skill. He's from Canada. He's a Roy player. Really nice dude, a content creator and streamer with EMG. I had on Wild. I had him on at one point during season one um he was actually our second interview you know that oh no kidding yeah <laughs> go matt <laughs> no uh, yeah no you you pick good ones for sure um yeah, yeah. so i know for me like when i when i'm interviewing people and kind of getting to know them a little more um it's really exciting to find we said it before like the similarities and all that but um there's also been a lot of times where i've just learned so much about um about what it takes to kind of continue on and to find like refine the passion that i have right. uh, through other people so i um do you have do you have anyone that you feel like is like okay this guy is not who i thought not like not who you thought they were but mm-hmm. man i'm i'm like i'm happy i inter- i picked this person did you ever have that moment with any of these people the the easiest one to say offhand in fact there might be two in fact there's there's a hundred percent two and they were on my last season it was moki and edwin budding both of these guys i i can forever say this because i now love the shit out of both of them i love curtis to death and edwin is such a homie and his book is absolutely incredible go buy it it if you haven't shameless plug um (laughs) but i genuinely thought 
the first time. So I interviewed. So first off, I interviewed Moki twice. The first time I interviewed him, we played Fortnite together, and we just went off with the interview while we played because we just wanted to try a new thing out for the show, and That's we fun. both played, and I thought it would be fun. Lost the footage, lost the audio. There were some issues with that, so we had to re-record it. But in this re-recording, I was almost worried he was going to be like kind of pissed at me for like losing it. I didn't know if how he felt about you know like re-answering questions because I pretty much used the same layout, but like swapped some things because obviously in that span of time, things happened. It was like a three-month period that had mm-hmm. passed, so he had done better at things. Blah blah blah. Um, so I thought originally he might be like you know upset or whatever, and it ended up being such a good time. We we laughed, we shared a lot of great moments. We even talked shit about the last one, and how like oh, it was a bad interview anyway. The gameplay sucked. Like we no one would have wanted to watch that anyway. Um, and then the Edwin Budding one is really important to me because he messaged me actually ahead of time before the interview and told me like hey so like because we actually had some issues scheduling as well. Um, just, just as smash things happen. Um, mm-hmm. and we, we had agreed like, you know, we're going to do this for like an hour. Cause this man, this man's a working man. He's got a lot going on. You know, he's, he's a very busy man. So I was under the impression again that, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I was under the impression again that this might just be, you know, like an hour long, just hit the, hit the question, hit the answer, move on, hit the question, hit the answer, move on. Like, let's, let's get this shit done. We went on for two hours just just talking about things we liked about Melee, things we expect to see, things we we just so many different things we we touched on so much and I wasn't expecting it at all. You can literally start the the episode. You can start it and see some sunlight in Edwin's room. And then by the end of the interview, it is dark. It is dark as night, and it was just like, holy shit. We just we just kept going, and you can also see how terribly managed my beard was at that time, too. Jesus oh, no. Christ, I just loaded it up, and I'm disgusted. No, but it's it probably was... beautiful. You lie. You lie. <laughs> it, was, it was a great time, though, you know? He was a great, fantastic guest. He's very knowledgeable, very smart, and it was, it was great. I, I look at a lot, of, a lot of episodes, and I say... You know, this taught me something. I never go into an interview trying to leave with nothing gained. So I think if we're just pointing out, though, like the two that were the most impactful, I think these two and then getting the confidence to interview Sandbox. Those are my top three. Word. Yeah. Um, just kind of outside of I haven't uh, interviewed anyone that's freaked me out yet. I think I'm a little too nervous to ask <laughs> ask the, the big boys. Um, but um it's weird just that like when we think of these think of these guys that deliver the stuff that we cons- the content we consume right the the mm-hmm. the whole infrastructure of you know who we watch the most and these people at the top level um it's so bizarre just like getting closer and closer to it just by virtue of how long we've both been in the scene now um and just like going to more tournaments and meeting these people and kind of having all that 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 shroud of of like top player celebrity being brought down and realizing that they're all just like real people you know they're all just dudes um <laughs> and some females and yeah well <laughs> true um <laughs> to a fault not enough but um but it's it's really interesting that um 
that these guys that and 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 women that are at the top of our scene and and kind of um having the 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 best follow the not the best following the the most following and the you know having the the loudest voices um are really just people that i think love the game the most you know it's like it's really a hierarchy of passion in a sense mm -hmm. um and it's it's really cool that um I, I think that you have a really good sense of kind of like why we're all playing, you know, like um, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like talking to these people, you must have had a lot of different perspectives of why they take the game so seriously and why they became so good. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm wondering if that has kind of... Um, fed your own passion and work ethic and if you've like gained any strong lessons from the people themselves not just the act of creating the podcast but what you've learned from the actual interviews so i guess i guess what i can say about that is i mean you're 100 percent right like going into it i always try and look at you know what what research did i know without even having to, you know, look it up. If I can read this out of someone without even without even looking it up, to me, that's going to be something that I can hopefully touch on like that, you know, and we mm -hmm. can we can discuss further what it is about blank that I that I can relate to and that I can draw something something on in my head and I can form some form of picture and we can go with that. Um, I think I think so so if you're you're asking me basically like what I've taken away from that or or I'm trying to think what you what Yes you from from kind of the the players themselves the people that you've interviewed have you picked up any lessons or or anything that's really stuck with you Gotcha um I guess as far as lessons that have really really stuck with me it's been I think and I think you'll you'll kind of you might have even seen this answer coming. It's it's a follow your your passion for this stuff, man. Like, sure, not all of us are not all of us are making the 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 living and, you know, the functioning off of this type of money. But we're we're having a good time. We're making connections. We're building relationships. We're we're just having a good time. Like we're literally going to tournaments just to see our friends and to compete in a video game that has been around for way too fucking long and hopefully stays being around for way too fucking long. Cause it, without this game, so many of like my closest friends and I would assume even again, not put words in your mouth, but some of your closest friends we wouldn't know without this game. And Absolutely. It's, it's something you you can't talk to anyone and and I think I think you alluded to this in the beginning. It's something you can't talk to anyone that doesn't play this game and expect them to disagree with you. Right. They all they all have friendships. We all have bonds and and connections that we've made. And I think the biggest thing from talking with these players that like you also alluded to, the whole we're all just humans at the end of the day. We're all just friends playing this game. It's it's that same thing, you know, it's to just hang out, you know, have fun, build these connections and build these friendships because those those will last forever. Who cares about how long the game's going to last? I mean, I kind of do. But at the end of it all, who you who you stay 
in touch with and who you build these bonds with. That's that's what's going to last a lifetime. Oh, for sure. Now, bringing it back to you're saying like, you know, we obviously not a lot of people in this scene make a living off of the game. Um, right. I, I maybe even half the top 10 even do. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it's this is not a game, you know, that people follow the money in. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there are opportunities to monetize and um, realistically, like I'm. I'm doing my podcast out of love for it. I wouldn't keep doing it if I thought there was, you know, any real feasible way to <laughs> make a living. But right. um, from podcast to host to podcast host, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Let me edit that out. From Ooh. podcast host to podcast host, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think we need to do to really turn this into something successful what are the hurdles in front of us and what does it take to get to that point so i think so again for (laughs) from podcast host to podcast host (laughs) i think i think the quickest thing for us to realize is just how not monetizable (laughs) i guess would be the word melee just kind of is right it the game has been out for so long and garners this very specific fan base and this very high energy fan base that sponsors kind of don't show their face as much. And when they do, a lot of it is we're paying you in exposure and right. exposure doesn't buy my Taco Bell. So unfortunately, <laughs> when, when we have this kind of issue that, you know, big, big names aren't throwing money even at tournaments, you know, guys like us that are out here just trying to do a podcast and maybe make some money out of it. We we kind of struggle with that. And and it sucks, too, because you look at podcasts that do get sponsored. You know, there's tons of sponsored podcasts all over the damn world. I don't, I don't know. There's probably a there's probably a podcast about like wood. And I guarantee you it's sponsored by like an axe company or some shit. Like there's <laughs> something out there where these guys are making money through what they're doing. And again, it's going to come down to networking and marketing that all has to happen from podcast host to podcast host. Like obviously we need to be the ones to be putting that type of legwork in. Mm-hmm. But God damn, Melee is so hard to do that with because of just just what we have and what we're dealt. And I don't. I don't want to look at that and say no Johns, but like it, it really is a hurdle for us. It really, really is. And I don't, and I, and I know what you were saying when you're saying you're not even making this for money anyway. And it's same way with me, right? Like I'm not, I'm not making the podcast to make money. Like obviously I would have stopped season one if that were my case, but, <laughs> right. but we're, we're doing it for our love of the game. And I think, I think this says enough two sponsors if they ever did decide to show you know doing this out of the kindness of our hearts and because we have a good time doing it because it's a passion of ours Mm -hmm. i think says a lot more than us starting every episode saying by the way this episode was sponsored by dollar shave club but it wasn't so what the fuck guys well yours is definitely not sponsored by any shave anything but damn right (laughs) (laughs) but so do you think do you think melee has a chance of of popping off in a sense financially? Do you think that there's there's a world where melee enters the realm of profitable esport? 
Um, because when I think about, you know, when I'm sitting in the shower, you know, in my five minute depression, um, that like we all do. Nowhere. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when I've head slunken over, soap in my eyes. You're looking like the thinker, the statue. Yeah. With <laughs> so when I'm when I'm a naked thinker in the shower, I'm thinking like the most optimistic thought I can get out is like, okay, I'm I'm putting my and this is like dead honest, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm putting my chips into something that is a very low priced stock in a sense. Mm-hmm. And my either optimism or delusion is telling me that in two to four years that that stock is going to increase to a point where I will be very happy that I put the time in that I did now. Mm-hmm. So that coincides with obviously enjoying it. But do you think that that is delusion? Do you think that there's something to be said about having Melee be this long arc type of thing? You know, it's it's one of those things that I... I don't feel right ever telling someone they're delusional for enjoying what they're doing. But I do think the part that you did talk about with the enthusiasm with it, I think that's the part that it becomes a problem. If you can financially support yourself going to tournaments and going to majors and just being involved in a community that might require some some monetary usage then that's all that's all enthusiasm man that's all throw it in if you got the funds but i think when it gets to a point that you're saying i can't afford this $10 venue fee and this $10 entry fee because of my my situation right now i i just can't as much as i want to i just can't it happens you know like it's just kind of something that we we've all dealt with before we've all had that moment where like yo you going to fucking spectrum this weekend mm-hmm. oh fuck i was gonna man uh my paycheck slipped through or something happened i, I just right. don't got the funds man i wish i could so i think when we're having small issues like that still be a problem it's kind of hard to see melee super taking off Especially when, like I was talking about earlier, with just sponsors being just so not visible enough. Like I will say, I think what's fucking sick is cup of noodles coming out of nowhere with these with these fucking sponsors. Is there another one did. besides SmashCon? Was it? Didn't they? They ran their own tournament that nudes, nudes, nudes thing. That was them. That I'm pretty sure that was through them, or it was through Top Ramen or Cup Noodles. It was through one of those two. Oh my god! If we have an instant noodles like turf war going on over <laughs> melee, <laughs> I mean, I I'm down to just heat up the the fucking noodle in the microwave and just eat it. I don't Dude, care what you're type right. It. You're super right. I've never once just gotten a pack and said like, "Oh, this brand, Chuck at Wall." Like, no, I just, <laughs> I need my I need my ramen fix, homie. But yeah, it was sponsored. Okay, so cup noodles, cup noodles, hit us up. You know the big or or fucking the smash SSBM wannabes. Come on, get Hell us. Yeah, man. get us sponsored by some noodles. <laughs> but uh, you know it's it's hard to see it working out. Um, but but I'm optimistic with you, man. I really, really am. That you know one day, maybe Nintendo just looks at us and goes, you know what. I just saw this stupid shit about Fortnite throwing a million or a billion dollars into their comp scene. We're going to do, we're going to give that a shot, except maybe we'll, we'll sprawl it about 
amount. We'll, oh my God, English isn't my first language. We're going to cycle <laughs> that through all of our Smash games. And even then, I could see the game hitting a ramp, like just going. Mm-hmm. If if we just had funding, if we had a reason for people to really want to compete, I feel like just this this lack of money is is it's hard. It's really hard to make people want to go out and compete when there's other viable ways to support themselves. Because you right. need to be able to. You really, really do. Right. So what you just said is like a dream situation, right? Like having Nintendo come in and solve our problems. I think every, like most content creators and players are really pessimistic about Nintendo doing a damn thing. But um, what I'm I'm thinking like our main goal could be to create like an infrastructure of content. Um, like my vision for how this could all play out to to everyone's benefit is um, just having the game continue on longer and longer. Mm-hmm. Have, you know, doesn't even need to like completely explode in terms of players. I mm-hmm. think, um, but having viewership kind of grow steadily with the whole esports boom, and then having content around that, I think that's the key to you know, bringing advertisers onto that. It might, I think it's all a crapshoot, and I'd, I'd love to kind of hear um, if you've had thoughts about any other ways for this to work out, but... No, for sure. Um, God, it, it's tough, man. The only... You're kind of not wrong with just the game just needs to continue to grow. I've I've always had this speculation that like eventually the top twenty are all going to be sponsored. There's going to be there's going to be that one guy that just becomes top five out of nowhere and he's unsponsored and some random org with a shit ton of money is going to come in and be like, boom, that's you now, boy. Mm-hmm. But that's again, where the fuck would that come from and why hadn't that had happened already? There's always that thought. There's there's the thought that, you know, with the next documentary, we're gonna get waves of of new eyes on the Smash scene and people that are like, Holy shit, this is this is still going. This mm-hmm. is still a thing, you know, like let's let's talk about this, let's make this work. But God, it's 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 so strange to think that like content creators need to be thinking about this when when in reality this is the business side of things we're on the communication side we're on the entertainment side Mm. the business side is now leaking into everything competitive and everyone has an opinion on this you you could ask like 50 different smashers and i guarantee they're all going to say something kind of similar somewhat similar we all have these same sort of ideas you might get the unique one here and there but like it's we're all forced to think about this because we all need to think about this if we want to see it continue. Yeah. And I think I think Cup of Noodles or whatever noodle brand, I think you guys are on the right track. You know, right. we're a good we're a wholesome community out here. We're just looking for some help. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree that like right now, everyone that's considering because I think there's like a, a switch that's flipped at mm-hmm. some point, whether it's a player, content creator, commentator, et cetera, et cetera. Um, where there's like an internal dialogue up to a point where you're like, do I, do I like dive into this? Like, do I commit to making this a priority? Maybe not number one priority. It's very hard to make melee a number one priority in one's oh, life. Yep. Um, but like, do I slot it in steady number four? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I think in that conversation, it becomes much easier as we kind of, see more and more opportunities for people to 
um, get something out of it. Um, the real conversation is like the thing I, I always think about the most. And I think what I'm starting to realize is kind of become part of either my identity or, you know, this is an ugly word, but uh, my brand um, is <laughs> like, I, th I think there's a lot to be said about longevity in mm -hmm. um, being able to be sustainable in how we approach melee and, and how we keep it in our lives for as long as possible, um, as effective as possible. Like, obviously clinging on to the hope that one day we'll be a top player is, uh, has the potential to be unhealthy. But to have long-term goals in a game that's proven to have a long-term lifespan, mm -hmm. um, I think that is what Melee has going for it the most in that I, th I think Melee has a higher chance of being, you know, top 10 Twitch views in 2024 more than Fortnite does. You know what I mean? Mm. Of um, course. Yeah. So I think I've still seen yeah. tournaments surpass it. Even, even now we're still, we're still fighting that fight. We're not giving up. We were pissed at Evo and we still ran a tournament. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. It's, it's wild to think that like just based off of, the passion of the people in the scene and kind of, I guess the, was it the red pill or the blue pill? It's been a while since I watched the matrix, God, but if I, I don't know. I'm, I don't hate, I've still never seen the matrix. <laughs> okay. I hate you. Um, <laughs> but we all kind of took the purple pill in a sense where um, we are like deadlock committed to, you know, there's the saying like you never quit melee. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that, and um, I'm just really interested to see, to to test the theory of like, if if I try to do something with the goal of seeing returns in two years, is that something that can be possible? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think melee has this this long arc? I already kind of asked this, but like, it's just so it, it always is the main thing on my mind, you know, like. Where is this game going to be in five years, and and what's going to happen? The game is going to die by any means. I, I fucking sixty four is still around, man. Speed, True. Speed running specific video games that are are like long dead and people have forgot about is still a thing. The game is never going to die. That's that's a guarantee almost that I'm I'm beyond confident in making. Um, as far as though us hitting a peak where maybe players stop joining or we start noticing the community kind of hits this cut that like maybe, Oh God, when's the last time you saw a player that was like, you know, back in their like teens, you know, like, cause, cause that has potential, you know, if we eventually hit that spot, but God, who knows when that's going to be. Right. I, I think the game definitely has a long, long, long time ahead of it, especially with all these adaptations people are making. We're fucking learning new things about the game to this day. It's 2019 game came out fucking 2001. Like, come on. This, right. This game's got forever. Hell, I have a Smashbox now from a friend of mine that I'm probably going to have to give back to him. But I tried playing on it and this thing is fucking cool. I'm not good <laughs> enough to learn it. But there's some kid out there that is. Hacks is making the box look fucking fantastic. Right. There's there's gonna be so much cool shit probably. There's there's no way the game's gonna die. I I will say that with confidence and then take a sip of my beer. 
Man, you really uh, you really gave me some confidence back. <laughs> it's always nice hearing optimism from someone that's uh, that's in the trenches and oh yeah, <laughs> isn't just some some Reddit guy being like, oh, this game is blah blah blah. Like, I think having having done the amount that you have and and being you know uh, as involved as you are, mm. it, it makes me feel better to hear <laughs> hear that optimism. I appreciate it, but don't worry. I'll go back into the the audio and I'll just like you know I'll transcribe everything I just said into a Reddit post. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, first the Matrix, now this nonsense. <laughs> Yikes! This is going to be deleted footage. Damn it! Oh, well, our slash clips that. <laughs> so, um, we're just about winding up. I have a final question though that I think might um might pique your interest. So for sure. Um, you have been given a new player slash commentator slash streamer content creator, right? So someone who's filling your shoes, uh, and you're their sensei. Oh, okay. I was like, hmm. so, so you're given them. Um, <laughs> so you are the coach of someone who is, um, essentially following a similar path to you. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, let's say a year in, so they have the basics, um, and you know they they don't need any really you know fundamental <laughs> teachings um what would be your philosophy what would you want to instill in this person and um what would be the most important lesson that you would that you would tell them i i actually love that question cuz the minute you were like describing it i i was like thinking of ideas for it and i think The way I look at it is I almost think if I were to tell myself, you know, like going back to year one of streaming, because I think I've been streaming for almost like four or five years. And like, I still look at that as a disgraceful amount of time for what I've done. But if I were to go back to like even just year one and tell myself something to do, I think, God, it would probably be to. To not be afraid so much when you when you start out i feel like a lot of things scare you whether you realize it or not and maybe it's just me maybe and again this would be something i guess i i would tell i would tell the young one i would i would say don't be so afraid of everything yes things look and might present themselves as scary uh an example of that you know play this game try a different game oh everyone's playing that game don't play it no play that game Try, try the new fad. Give it a shot if you like it. Um, try something that maybe isn't so popular. Reach out. The the other biggest thing is always like communicating. Go, go to random channels. Go to random mediums of of media. Learn about them. Take notes. Understand what these people are doing. That you can that you can appreciate. You don't want to go into something that you don't understand and don't like. You want it to be something you're passionate about. If you are someone that loves Smash and you want to and you want to get into a Smash podcast, listen to this one. Listen to mine. Listen to the the fucking um the fucking Ludwig and Slime show. Listen to Listen to uh, Melee It On Me, you know, listen to the Melee Stats podcast. There's so many different mediums out there. You just need to not be scared to check them out, to 
to take notes, to actually study. Studying is so fucking overlooked, man. Mm -hmm. No one likes to study. They just want to get the answers thrown at their face. Shut up, Timmy. Sit the fuck down. Take out the (laughs) notebook and write down something. Realize why what you're about to want to try and do is what you want to try and do. Make it clear to yourself and don't be scared to do it. Take a deep breath and just fucking go for it. Oh, man, what an answer. Young Donut, (laughs) you are killing it in the content game, killing it on streaming. I'm so excited to have gotten to you before you truly pop off because, you, (laughs) dude, you got a fucking career ahead of you. No doubt, no doubt. I'm so happy. Are you going to Small 4? God, I I don't I don't think I will. I don't know how no how well you know this. Uh, I'm living in Virginia now. Don't I I wasn't aware. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's it's kind of low key. It's kind of low key. Uh, yeah, I moved down here relatively recently, so the trek to New York for small four nah, might not happen. But you know, my ass will be in that Twitch chat. You know, I'm there. Yeah, dog. I'm so happy you came on. I can't wait to kind of see where you go and um yeah just thanks again man really appreciate it anytime thank you man i i really appreciate it it was a great time all right peace peace out